Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches on the virginal conception of the peace child. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Luke chapter 1. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for forgiveness brought about through the incarnation of your Son, Jesus Christ. It is his life and his death brought forgiveness for our sins. Lord, help us to pay attention that we may know how much you have loved us, how much you care for us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The title is The Virginal Conception of the Peace Child. Nobody can be a Christian without faith in this cardinal doctrine of the virginal conception and birth of the Prince of Peace, our Lord Jesus Christ. As taught in this text, Luke 1, 26 through 38, and also Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 1, 18 through 25. The miracle is the miracle of the virginal conception by the activity of the Holy Spirit upon Virgin Mary. The miracle is not the emergence of Jesus from her womb. There are those who believe in the perpetual virginity of St. Mary. They believe her virginity in part two, that is in giving birth. They believe in the virginity of Mary postpartum, after giving birth. And they believe in the virginity of St. Mary antepartum, that is before giving birth. Even the reformers, we are told, were virtually unanimous in holding to Mary's perpetual virginity. But the scriptures refute Mary's perpetual virginity. So Matthew chapter 1 tells us, and I read, but he had no union with her until... She gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Also, Scripture refutes that Mary was born sinless. This is called the Immaculate Conception. On 8th of December, 1854, the Pope Pius IX made this proclamation. The most holy Virgin Mary was in the first moment of her conception in view of the merits of Jesus Christ preserved free from all stains of original sin. The truth is, like us, Mary was conceived And born in sin. But Mary was holy by grace of God. 
Mary was holy like us, though never sinless like us. Mary and Joseph were blameless and righteous like Zechariah and Elizabeth were. They were believers in God, our Savior. I say Mary was holy by grace. God did not choose a loose woman, a promiscuous woman, to be the mother of our Lord. Premarital virginity is highly esteemed in the Holy Scriptures. It was the responsibility of the father to guarantee his daughter's sexual purity to the bridegroom and her family. God himself chose a wife for Isaac. So we read in Genesis 24:16 concerning Rebekah chosen by God to be Isaac's wife we read the girl was very beautiful a virgin not only that it says no man had ever lain with her even the pagan king Xerxes did not marry a defiled woman after the removal of queen Vashti Esther chapter 2 verse 2 we read let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king that was the counsel virginity is a virtue not a shame virtue in the biblical culture because it is rooted in the creation law order virginity kept the monogamous marriage relationship undefiled let us read from leviticus 21:13 through 14 The woman he marries must be a virgin. He must not marry a widow, a divorced woman, or a woman defiled by prostitution, but only a virgin from his own people. And Deuteronomy 22 and 20 and 21. Listen carefully, fathers. If, however, the charge is true and no proof of the girl's virginity can be found... She shall be brought, that is from the husband home, shall be brought to the door of her father's house. And there the men of her own town shall stone her to death. She has done a disgraceful thing in Israel by being promiscuous while still in her father's house. You must purge the evil from among you. So you see the father's responsibility. And this is also true for the bridegroom. Chastity in its grandeur is written across the history of Joseph. Because it was part of the patriarchal moral instruction he received from his father Jacob. So remember, he said, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? Why do you sin? I don't fear God. Why don't you fear God? I didn't fear my father. Why don't you fear your father? He didn't ask me to fear him. How come he didn't ask you to fear? Because his father didn't ask him to fear and so on. The minimum age for marriage for a girl was 12 and a half. 
and boy was 14 during New Testament times. First there is the betrothal, marriage contract. Then after about 12 months, the bride goes to the house of bridegroom from her father's house to live a married life. Mary was betrothed to Joseph of the house of David. While she was still in the house of her parents, before her marriage, the angel Gabriel appeared to her to inform her of her forthcoming virginal conception. So we look at two things, the promise in the Old Testament and the fulfillment. And then I'll give some explanation of this virgin birth. The promise. Old Testament predicted the incarnation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Psalm 46 through 8, we are told that God does not accept heartless, bloody sacrifices of man. God, above all, requires willing obedience to his holy will. Obedience born out of love for God. So in Psalm 46 through 8, we are told that someone will come in the fullness of time. This someone will obey God perfectly. He will do what Adam failed to do. He failed to listen and to do the will of God. But this one will listen with his ears and do God's will perfectly and joyfully. This second Adam would be the savior of the world. Friends, what does our God require? For Samuel 15, 22, Samuel replied to Saul, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As much as in obeying the voice of the Lord. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. Hosea 5 verse 6 we read. When they go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord by sacrifice. They will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them because their hearts are wicked. Amos 5 21 and 22. I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Psalm 51, 16 and 17. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. This coming Messiah of Psalm 46 through 8 will treasure God's word in the midst of his heart. 
That is, he will delight in the law of the Lord and do it. So we read in Colossians 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Secondly, in Hebrews 10, 5 through 7. The Hebrews writer quotes Psalm 46 through 8. In the Septuagint version. And we read it, Hebrews 10, 5 through 7. He interprets Psalm 46 through 8 as referring to Jesus Christ, the high priest. The sentence, my ears you have pierced. In the Septuagint we read, a body you have prepared for me. Hebrews writer sees the psalmist as speaking of Christ's incarnation. A body God has prepared for Jesus. The body of Jesus was the work of God. The direct work of God. The Messiah needs a body like us. That he may obey God fully, actively and passively. Passively in the sense that he may die for our sins on the cross. He was sinless, unlike Mary. He obeyed God fully in life and death. That our two fundamental needs may be met. Forgiveness of sins. And be clothed with the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. In the Mary's womb, God prepared a body for this coming Messiah. The scroll, the scriptures, was speaking of him. David kings were given a copy of the Bible at their coronation. But they never fully obeyed God's will, revealed therein. But the Messiah, the final and forever king, the son of David, will fully obey what is written in the scroll. So we read in Luke chapter 24, 26 and 27. Jesus Christ after his resurrection says this. Did not the Christ have to? Suffer these things and then enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And Luke 24, 44 through 46, Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, that is the entire Old Testament. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them this is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And we read in John 5 verse 46, If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me what is written in the scroll. John 4 verse 34, Jesus says, 
my food is to do the will of God who sent to me and finish his work. John 8 verse 29, the one who sent to me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do what pleases him. And John 17 verse 4, I have brought you glory. I honored you, honor your father and mother. I have brought you glory by completing the work you have given me to do. Luke 22 verse 42, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but thine be done. Isaiah 50 verse 4 and 5. The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakes me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears and I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. And verse 6 speaks about his crucifixion. Mark 135, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. It is in this prayer the Father was instructing him. And then he gets up and does the will of the Father. Christ's self-sacrifice thus will put an end to the Levitical system of sacrifices because the blood of bulls and goats failed to atone our sins. Christ's sacrifice alone cleanses us from all our sins. So we are told God will prepare him a body through the virginal conception. And if you Study my treatment on Romans 8, 3 and 4. You will get more enlightenment. Where we read for what the law was powerless to do. That it was weakened by the flesh God did by sending his own son. In the likeness of sinful flesh. And for a sin offering. In the likeness of sinful flesh. Hebrews 2.14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. And Hebrews 5.8, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And now, the fulfillment of this Old Testament prediction. You will find that also in Isaiah 7.14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And will call him Emmanuel. That is God with us. The fulfillment is found in Luke chapter 1 and 2. In the fullness of time, what was promised in Genesis 3.15, 
That is, the seed of the woman is to crush the head of the serpent. Jesus came. The promise was fulfilled. God is faithful to all his promises. Not one shall ever fail. So God sent Gabriel in the fullness of time to the city of Nazareth into the house of Holy Mary, a teenager. God must prepare a body for his own son in her womb so that in the body he may live and die to accomplish our redemption. Gabriel comes to the Gentile unclean territory of the Galilee of the Gentiles. Gabriel is not sent to Jerusalem to the palace of Herod. He is sent to Nazareth. Remember what Nathaniel said of Nazareth. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? It's a rhetorical question means no good thing comes from Nazareth. Yet God chose the despised Galilee and despised city of Nazareth. And God chose Mary whose family is not mentioned in the scripture. There was nothing to mention about it. Her family was poor and despised. So she sings in the Magnificat, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. So we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 26, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and despised things. And the things that are not. Zeros. To nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Gabriel came to a virgin, not to a loose woman, a holy Mary. Three times we are told she was a virgin, two times in verse 27 and one time in verse 34. The Old Testament spoke of it, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And Gabriel greets her in the house. Rejoice. When God greets us, we rejoice. We feel happy. God, friends, is taking the initiative to save us miserable sinners so we can rejoice. You are highly favored one. Highly graced one. Kekaritomene is a perfect passive participle. It is called a divine passive. The meaning is God chose her from all eternity. A choice of grace. He has shown favor to her and he will continue to show grace to her. What grace begins, grace continues and grace will complete all that is in that verb. She is full of grace, a grace sufficient for all her needs, 
a grace which enables her to do all the will of God and to abound in good works. And he says to her, the Lord is with her. This is not a subjunctive, it is an indicative, it is a reality. God is present with her now. Moses did not want to lead Israel unless God went with him. It is useless to go without God. So Jesus said, go into all the world. I'll be with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Love never leaves. And if you left, there is no love. All other words have no meaning. The Lord is with you, Mary. The Lord is with you to provide for you, to protect you, to solve all your problems that will come about as a result of this virginal conception. The Lord is with you to guide you every step of the way. Mary was deeply troubled, we read, yet she was trying to understand God's word. Answer to our fear is to understand God's promises by exercising our mind and believing what God has said. So the angel comforts in verse 30 through 33. Fear not. That's an imperative from God himself. Not from Gabriel, from God. Fear not. Stop fearing. And God condescends to give reasons. Number one, you will conceive like Elizabeth conceived in chapter 1, verse 24, but without the intervention of a man. Number two, you will give birth to a son, a body God has prepared. Number three, you will name him Jesus. It means the Lord is salvation. It means Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is salvation for us sinners, his people. Number four, he'll be great, very great. Infinitely greater than John the Baptist. We are told that he'll be great too. But infinitely greater will be Jesus Christ. Infinitely greater than Caesar Augustus. And all the petty rulers of the earth. How great is he going to be? God seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority. Power and dominion and every title that can be given not only in the present age but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the benefit of the church which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. How great is he. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. King of kings and the Lord of lords, a mighty savior and a mighty judge he is. Number five, he'll be called the son of the highest. That he is the son of God. He is the eternal son of God without beginning. And he is God's son with a beginning. 
Number six, he will be given his father his throne. Born a king. And number seven, this king is forever ruling. He is the final king of David's line. None succeeds him because he never dies. He will rule Israel and the world forever and ever. And Isaiah prophesied it in chapters 9 verse 7 of the increase of his government and peace. There is no end. If you want peace, you must embrace his rule. Without his rule, you have no peace. Daniel 2 and verse 44, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor it will be left to another people. This kingdom will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ. Daniel 7 verse 14, he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All people's nations and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. In the Davidic covenant, it is stated this way. 2 Samuel 7.16, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Ever. Mary's questions. How can this be? Because I have not known a man. He is betrothed, but he, she is not in the house of Joseph. How can it be? Since I am a virgin, in other words. Not questions of unbelief. Questions for further elucidation. Sarah doubted, remember Sarah doubted when God said Sarah will have a son next year at this time. Zechariah doubted too. He said, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is old too. Gabriel, don't you know, old couples don't have children. It is a biological impossibility. But Mary is saying something else. She is saying, I'm a virgin. How can a virgin conceive without the aid of a man? It is never heard of since the world began. The answer is God. How creation came to be? God. How can Jesus rise from the dead? God. How can we rise from the dead with an immortal, glorious body? God. Is the answer, sir. If you believe that you are a Christian, if you don't believe that you are not a Christian, how can a virgin conceive without a man's intervention? God is the answer, sir. God. Holy Spirit will come upon you, power of the Most High, overshadow you. God's presence will do the impossible. There is nothing, Mary, too hard for the Lord. As the cloud of God's glory covered the tent of meeting, the Shekinah glory, the presence of God will come upon you and perform this miracle to bring about this virginal conception of the peace child. 
Spirit was there at creation. Spirit was there at the conception of Jesus. Spirit came upon him to enable him to minister. He was anointed, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Through the aid of the Holy Spirit, we are told, he offered himself as atoning sacrifice on the cross. And we are told, God raised him from the dead by the operation of the Holy Spirit. How can this be since I'm a virgin? Holy Spirit is the answer. And it is still the answer, friends. Holy Spirit. And she was given a sign to help her grow in faith. Gabriel says to her, go to your relative Elizabeth. She was old, she was barren, but she has conceived and she is now in her sixth month. Thank God he helps us to believe his sure promises. Nothing is impossible with God, says Gabriel. So friends, believe God's promises. Believe the Bible and see what God can do and will do for us by his Holy Spirit. Away with doubt and unbelief. Let us believe and see miracles that we may rejoice in God our Savior. And there is her submission, total submission of Mary. She says, I believe your word. I submit to your lordship. I am your slave girl. May it be to me according to your word. But maybe in her mind, these questions arose. But what about Joseph? What would he say? He might divorce me. People may stone me to death. They may call me a harlot. But finally she comes around. But that is your problem. I submit to you. Let God remove all the mountains on my way. And as the angel departs, hear Mary singing. As she makes haste to visit the pregnant Elizabeth, her relative in Judah. She is singing, not by might, nor by power. But by my spirit, saith the Lord, this mountain shall be removed. This mountain shall be removed by my spirit, saith the Lord. The mountain was removed for the time being. Angel was sent by God to Joseph who heard about Mary's pregnancy and was planning to divorce her secretly. She didn't deceive her. She reported to her the truth. There God sends Gabriel to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph obeyed. A body thou hast prepared for me to do your will of accomplishing redemption for your elect people, including Mary, mother of God. So we want to make some conclusions. The virginal conception was miraculous, John Murray says, in three ways. One, supernatural begetting. Mary conceived without the aid of a man. Jesus was begotten by the Holy Spirit. It is the absence of human begetting. 
that made the birth a virgin birth. Number two, this baby born is a supernatural person. We are not talking about a mere baby supernaturally begotten. The eternal Son of God, through supernatural begetting, look, took upon himself human nature. So this baby is God-man. Number three, supernatural preservation. The child born was called Holy Son of God. A better translation. The child to be born shall be called Holy Son of God. He was, and he alone was, born sinless, unlike us and Mary. Martin Lord John says, What is taught in scripture is not that Mary had been either born or made sinless. But that portion of Mary, that cell out of Mary that was developed into the body of the Son of God was cleansed from sin. To this cell, cleansed from sin, the Son of God was joined. Jesus was preserved from conception to birth, from sin that would otherwise have proceeded from his human mother. What are some applications, sir? Listen, friends. Without believing this doctrine of virginal conception, our view of the person of Jesus Christ will be highly diminished. Such a diminished Jesus, a mere man, could not save anybody. We do not diminish Jesus Christ. We proclaim a highly exalted Jesus Christ, God-man, Savior of the world. Number two, remember, fathers, your responsibility. Boys and girls are to be brought up in the fear of God. A fear that keeps them from all defilement. Number three, As believers in this Jesus Christ, let us live a holy life, avoiding all spiritual adultery. As St. Paul exhorts us, for we are betrothed to the one husband, even Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with him and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. St. Paul says again in Second Corinthians 11, I am a jealous, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. This church is not a place where we worship Baal. Baal is a means of what? It permits, promotes, and praises sexual immorality. And you can go to every other church and they go because they want to practice sexual immorality, which Baal worship promotes. 
I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I betroth you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin. That's a tautology. Pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Therefore, friends, let us live a holy life. Let us be wise virgins, for our bridegroom will soon come and our wedding feast is fast approaching. Let us put on fine linen, bright and clean. Let us be holy, for our bridegroom is holy. Heavenly Father, your word is spirit, your word is life. Bring about life, healing, salvation, repentance, faith, Save us, heal us, build us up. Help us, O Lord, to feel within our being a tug from above that we may look to God and focus our attention on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and may we walk with all integrity, trusting in God and in his promises. The Lord is with us. He will help us. Hallelujah. And there is nothing impossible with our God. Bless your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this message entitled, The Virginal Conception of the Peace Child. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.